running up the score. You're listening to the Running Up the Score podcast. Now here's your host, Jerry Napoleonello. Happy New Year, everyone. January 2023. We are in the fourth day of the new year. And uh, I, it's hard to start with this. And I mean, I have to. Uh, we... We witnessed one of the hardest things, at least in my lifetime, watching football. One of the scariest moments on the field. You know, we've we've seen the gruesome injuries. We've seen guys get carted off the field. We we we've seen all of that. You know, you pray for those guys, you pray for a speedy recovery, all of that. Um, but when you hear Joe Buck say they've been doing CPR, now that's scary. Um, you know, and again, you know, you've heard this many times it looked like a routine tackle looked like a routine football play guy catches the ball over the middle of the field safety comes down makes the tackle and up to that point it looked routine you saw demar hamlin get up even fixed his face mask and then within a second of that, he totally collapses backwards. So, again, the thing that you think about, head injury. We've seen a couple of those injuries this year. Pretty scary, actually. I mean, Tua being, you know, one of the scarier, um, you know, concussions. Uh, you know, and it's kind of weird that it was on the same field you know actually to be honest with you four of the scariest NFL injuries that we've seen um, in recent memory have happened on this field the Vontez perfect hit on Antonio Antonio Brown um, the Tua injury obviously this uh, earlier this year the Ryan Shazier injury and now Demar Hamlin. Very scary. Um, again, you know, it's just the thing you think about when he collapses like that is just head injury. Um, you know, and they cut to commercial come back, and then Joe Buck says that they're doing CPR. Now that's when you're like, all right, what's going on here? And at the time, I wasn't watching the game. Um, I just so happened to, to get onto Twitter literally minutes from it happening and I saw the letter CPR and that's when I was like, all right, I got to turn this game on just to see what happened. Um, you know, and it's kind of weird also, you know, I, I don't want to get into, 
you know, the, uh, basically, you know, creating anything. I don't want, I don't want to get into any of that. Um, but it's weird because we've been seeing athletes. I mean, trust me, DeMar Hamlin's 24 years old. There should absolutely be no reason why he should be going into cardiac arrest. Um, we've been seeing this with athletes lately. Um, a lot of soccer players going down and collapsing, you know, and to me, this is a little different. Uh, again, it's a little weird that he is, (laughs) that he went into cardiac arrest. Um, but to me, it's a little, you know, it, it's a little different because he did get hit in the chest. Um, and the explanation that people have been giving, um, more so in the, uh, the medical field was, uh, a thing called commotio cordis or commodio cordis. I've heard it said about four different times by four different doctors. Um, so, However you want to say it. However it's supposed to be said, I don't know. But it's called commotio cordis. And basically it's a blow to the chest at the worst possible time. And I've heard also where it's, you know, when that does happen, there's like a six second... um, thing that happens basically the 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 blood and the oxygen are not being pumped to the brain causing the faint causing the pass out um so up to that i, I mean that's it, it that's what it sounds it sounds like um and the the only way to fix that is the aed and that's what we ended up hearing was used on the field So, it's scary. Um, it was also weird what happened with the NFL and the fact that it took them very long to cancel this game. Um, now, I don't want to play devil's advocate because people are very... Um, People get offended very easily, uh, as we saw with the Skip Bayless tweet. Um, you know, devil's advocate would be, this is a huge game. This is a huge game for the NFL. This was a huge game for the implications for the, the playoffs that are two weeks away. Um, you know, it's not just these two teams that are involved in, in the implications. Um, so yes, it it's um, you know, it's not. It, this could change the outlook of the AFC champ, uh, like the AFC playoffs. So I can see why the NFL took so long to cancel this game. 
And to be totally honest with you, the NFL, and I can guarantee you that Roger Goodell wanted to continue this game, but the look of it, this was not just uh, an NFL community um, news headline. This was world news. Um, you know, that's that's where it became, because, I mean, it wasn't just on ESPN. It wasn't just on NFL Network. It wasn't just on, you know, the other sports channels. This was on CBS, ABC, NBC. This was on every news channel. So the fact that this player, 24 years old, was fighting for his life, um, there was no way that the NFL could have continued that game. And I agree with what the NFL did. I think it could have been canceled a little earlier, but again, this is uh, there's this is not just week five. This is not a, like a week five game. This is week seventeen with one week left, with three or four teams in the balance, and no off time in between to to finish this game. So it gets interesting. Again, thoughts and prayers for DeMar Hamlin. Um, Supposedly, he's doing better. Still in critical, but doing better. Uh, The last last thing that I heard was that he's now on 50% oxygen. So that's good, because when he got to the hospital, he was at 100%, where... The machine was pumping oxygen at 100%. Now it's at 50 So that's huge. Um, so again, thoughts and prayers with him and his family. Um, we hope for a speedy recovery. Um, we hope to see him on the field again. Uh, I mean, I at this point, I hope to see him... around you know that's this is that that's how scary this was and and I I mean I think people understand the um the the size of what this was this this wasn't just an NFL injury this this life was on the line you know and if the first responders that were at the game didn't jump into action as quickly as they did we'd be speaking a different tone here. Not that it's any different, really, because we still don't know. He's not out of the woods yet. That's that's the thing. Like, that's how scary this was. Again, you know, uh, I heard Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show say that, you know, he was really messed up watching that. You know, and I we don't talk about this enough. You know, you got to think with these these NFL players. You know, 
we talk about, oh, you know, he broke a leg. You know, maybe he's a little timid on, you know, that leg again when he comes back. You know, I, I obviously all these players know the risk. They know the injury risk. But, I mean, honestly, did, I mean, no one thinks about a player dying on the field. And when it comes to these NFL players and knowing the risk, I don't think that risk is thought about. And that's the scary thing, is that DeMar Hamlin was so close to that And I think this kind of, like, and it wasn't just, so, I think, obviously the worst part of it is that, you know, what happened to him. But also, the fact that it was the only game on. National television. All eyes on it. Huge game. Bengals, Bills, number one seed in the balance. There was there was a lot of eyes on this. A lot of NFL eyes on this. So these players watching this happen, it's got to be scary coming into this week. And I know players have spoke about this. As I said, Aaron Rodgers being one of them. You know, this is a, this is a community, these players. And... To see one of their their brothers fighting for his life on the field has to kind of like get you thinking as a player. And that's scary. So I hope for... Um, you know, DeMar Hamlin to, to pull through and miraculously come back and play um, in his career because he's he's very young and a, a, he's a good player too. So it's like, you know, you want to see a, a guy at that age be able to play out his career. So I, I think... It's 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 hard. It's hard to say. It's like, you know, it it messed me up watching that that play over and over again because it just looked so simple. So I can only imagine how these players feel, you know, whether they know him or just know the fact of like this is now a risk of playing this sport so going to that uh you know <laughs> joe buck after it happened basically said the nfl is giving the teams 5 minutes to warm up and get ready to get back on the field now it's coming out that 
The NFL said that never happened. ESPN is staying behind Joe Buck and said that's that's what happened. Do I think do, uh, who do I believe in this? I believe Joe Buck, honestly, because first of all, a guy of that stature in calling sports. Why would he lie? And again, I could see the NFL, and this is this kind of goes hand in hand with the Skip Bayless thing. I want to read this perfectly so I don't get it wrong. Um, Skip Bayless, basically, during the time of this, uh, and I'll actually, I'll get the exact... Okay, so this happened. So he tweeted this out at 9:30. The 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 accident happened at 8:55. So this is a little after. I think this is like right as he's being pulled out by the ambulance. So his tweet was no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Now, do I think that this was a bad tweet? No. Do I think it was the wrong time? Yes. And honestly, I kid... If I was to take away two words, I think that this whole tweet, no one would even gave a shit about. And I'll tell you right now, these are the two words, but how? If he takes that out of his tweet, this tweet now says, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of the game. This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems irrelevant. Doesn't sound that bad anymore. Two words ruin this tweet for Skip Bayless. The tweets by other people where they're talking about betting, where oh, we have to play this game out, I have a parlay. or And, I mean, ESPN reporters saying this. Um, that's, that's worse than this. Um, this tweet really took off. And when I heard his apology... My first tweet was simply, as a journalist, I was putting myself in the heads of the NFL executives, starting with Roger Goodell, who are having to figure out on the fly what to do here. This is right in the middle of the vortex of this situation when it was unclear what they were gonna do with the game. I'm sorry if that was misunderstood, but his health is all that matters. Again, everything else is irrelevant. I prayed for him. And I will continue to pray for him. I get it. 
again, it's just it it wasn't the right time to say it because everybody was already high strung. Everybody was already upset. This is you know at that time. I mean, you you saw people say 40, 40 plus years watching this this sport. Never have I ever seen something like that. And again, I, I like I said, I you know I'm I'm thirty two years old. I've been watching the NFL religiously for probably twenty five years. I'd I'd say twenty five years. I've never seen something like this. I've seen guys carted off. I've seen legs snapped. I've I've seen all of that. Hanging limbs. I, I've I've seen it all. I've never seen something like this. I've never seen um, a play where a player needs CPR on the field. And as I'm talking right now, there. So there's a and we have. Some kind of uh, notification here about DeMar Hamlin. Uh, DeMar Hamlin remains in critical condition, but doctors saw promising signs of progress overnight, according to a friend. So that's great news. That is great news. We want to see that. We want to see more progress um, in DeMar Hamlin's health. But yes, th- like that's what I'm talking about. Um, now, on to Bart Scott. Uh, a lot of people didn't like his... Um, his comments yesterday. Uh, now his comments basically were. Now people are taking it as him blaming T. Higgins. Um, first of all, I don't think you could blame T. Higgins. I think, uh, really, Bart Scott was blaming the NFL. Now. A couple of years ago, uh, a rule came out saying that um, running backs could not lower their head into a defender. That would be a flag. I honestly think, and again, I watch the NFL every Sunday, every Thursday, sometimes Saturdays, Mondays. Um... I mean, Sundays are, you know, I'm literally two TVs, four games on each. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm literally watching every game. I think I've seen that flag called twice. And I mean, you can honestly call it on every play. Um, so what Bart Scott was getting at was just the NFL should be regulating that more. Whereas, you know, T. Higgins kind of lowered his shoulder, therefore causing DeMar Hamlin to stay up with his chest exposed. What exactly did T. Higgins do? last night to Hamlin. Well, right right before the tackle, he lowers his helmet and he kind of throws his body into his chest. He's standing up because he's thinking he's got to take ch- chase T. Higgins at an angle to make a tackle. So he didn't expect T. Higgins to launch his body back into him. You know, it's one of those things that a lot of times you sit as a linebacker, uh, un- unblocked, you know, un- 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 engated um, running back comes through the hole 
and he knows that contact's coming, so he lowers his helmet, and you can't get underneath him, so he's able to get into you, and your chest is exposed. So they, they, they've taken that out of the game, but they don't really regulate it as much as possible. I, I, I expect the league will be a lot more vigilant when it comes to that and using that penalty. There is no – again, I cannot blame T. Higgins because that's horrible. That's not something that you want to be a part of. I mean uh, – being a part of another player's injury, whether it be their career, whether it be a week, whether it be a whole season, whatever it is, it's horrible. You never want to be on that other end. Obviously, you don't want to be on the end of the injury, but you also don't want to be on the other end of a guy that caused the injury. Um, so, again, timing. Timing is huge. You know, it, I again, I think it's just where people are sensitive, um, especially nowadays. Uh, I think as of right now, people are sensitive because, I mean, his life is still in the balance. Whether he's showing progress or not, this is like, the, it's still, we don't know. And the fact that people are talking about this and whether they're blaming the uh, blaming T. Higgins or, you know, just talking about what this game had in the balance, it, it's, it's going to offend people. And it all comes down to timing. So... Am I a big fan of Bart Scott? Absolutely not. Do I crucify him over his comments? No. Do I crucify him on other comments? Yes. Because I, how this guy has a job, I have no idea. But that's not here nor there. Skip Bayless. Do I hate the guy? Um, he annoys the crap out of me. Yes. Uh, I think he says some crazy things. Um that he just wants clickbait. You know, like, that. basically, that's it. He just wants clicks. He just wants viewers. He just wants, you know, horrible comments. Listen, I'm all for it. I mean, the, the comments that I've gotten about talking about, you know, not thinking the Eagles were that good, I mean, it's, it's, it's hilarious. But again, I, I mean... I think the best is I got a I got a message from someone saying um no one listens to your podcast or something like that. But honestly you did because why would you comment if you didn't listen? Hmm. So I I get it. I get it with Skip Bayless. Good or bad. You know, feedback is good for him. People tune in because they hate everything that he says. People tune in whether they like what he says. That's he's he's got the best of both worlds there. Um but I don't I don't really I, I'm not crucifying him over the tweet. Um but the NFL came out yesterday saying that the game will not be played this week. So that is still in the balance. We don't know what's going to happen. So now um, 
as I said, there, there's like huge implications in this game. Uh, if this game is c- declared a no contest, the Bengals would win the AFC North and lock in as the third seed. Uh, the Chiefs would be positioned to be the number one seed with a win. And now, heading into Monday, I guess, uh, every game was supposed to be played at 1 o'clock on Sunday. All on Sunday, all at 1 o'clock. No 4 o'clock, no 8 o'clock, no Saturday games, no thir- no Thursday, no Monday. It was all Sunday. That changed. They added two games to Saturday, a 4.30 and an 8.30. I get the 8.30. I don't get the 4.30. Why? Like, if you're going to do that, why, why not put, um, you know, just the fact that it's the Chiefs, um, the Chiefs game on Saturday at 4.30, it's weird um, because there's nothing crazy. I mean, the Chiefs would win that game. So I I uh, whatever, but they added the Jacksonville Tennessee game, eight thirty. That's great. I you know that that's a that's a great game. Um, in terms of Jacksonville, now Tennessee played the Thursday night game against the Dallas Cowboys, so they've had extra rest. Jacksonville played Saturday uh, Sunday. So now they're on short rest. So to me, that's that's an advantage. Uh, that game is going to be played. I want to say it's in Tennessee. No, it's in Jacksonville. So Jacksonville at least is home. Uh, but again, you know, short rest. Looks like uh, it looks like it's supposed to rain, so that sucks too. Um, Josh Dobbs will be the starter for Tennessee. Um, but yeah, I mean that's 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 rough. But then again, uh, they changed a couple of games on su- uh, on Sunday as well. They added the Cowboys and Commanders to be the four thirty game, as well as the Eagles and Giants and the Chargers and Broncos, and the 49ers and Cardinals, and the Rams and the Seahawks. Um, the Sunday night game is going to be the Lions and the Packers. That's going to be a great game. I'm excited for that. Let's go Lions. Um, so, a lot of things changed. Um, and now we're going to see with the... Uh, they actually have a to-be-determined for the time of the Bengals-Ravens game, which is interesting because... They have the Bills and the Patriots with the time. So that's that's very interesting. Um, But I guess we'll get into that Jacksonville-Tennessee game. I just wanted to talk about how Trevor Lawrence, and I've been discussing him lately. I think he's a top 10 quarterback already, if not possibly top five uh, what this kid is showing is unbelievable you know he doesn't really have 
great receivers. Zay Jones, Marvin Jones are are, are good. Um, they're not a number one. Uh, Evan Ingram, good tight end, tends to have butterfingers. You know, his team is not great. But the fact that Trevor Lawrence is doing what he's doing is unbelievable. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, Travis Etienne as well. Travis Etienne is uh, up to, I think, 1,100 yards already. And it's really technically his... uh, We could say this is his rookie year because he got hurt last year. Um, This is uh, what we're seeing from Etienne is a huge difference from what we started to see. And that's what made the the, um, the decision in moving on from James Robinson. Um, if he could if he could just um, take care of the ball a little bit more, I think this like they could build around these two guys. And also in that game, Josh Dobbs is going to be playing. Now, what I want to talk about with with Josh Dobbs, and it also um, goes hand-in-hand hand with um, Jarrett Stidham, you know, we, we sit here and we talk about these, these quarterbacks, and we look at Josh Dobbs, and they're like, wow, he he had a, a really good game against the Cowboys on Thursday. Really good game. They just couldn't get over that hump. Uh, the Cowboys made their own errors in that game, uh, making that game a lot closer than it should have been. But people are looking at Josh Dobbs and like, all right, this, this kid could be something. And they also look at Jarrett Stidham, against the 49ers, which is the best defense in the league. And he lit them up. Now, let's be totally honest here, okay? Do we think Josh Dobbs is going to be a great quarterback? No. Do we think Jared Stidham is going to be a great quarterback? No. Do we think Jared Stidham is going to take over for Derek Carr? No. There's a difference. We have to, like, we, we really have to think about these kind of things. Because these teams don't have tape on these guys. These were their first games that weren't in the preseason playing third stringers. There's a difference. It's it's hard. It's hard to just guess how this player is going to be. In terms of the Cowboys, the Cowboys came off a huge game on Christmas Eve against the Philadelphia Eagles, their division rival, that they're still fighting for the the division lead or even the number one seed. There's a lot of emotion and a lot of energy that goes into that game. So naturally, the game after you might not be at your best. So the fact that you had that factor and then you had a quarterback that you had no tape on, that 
comes together in a rough game. Okay? That's what happens. Jarrett Stidham, same thing. 49ers have no idea what they're going to get from Jarrett Stidham. So they struggle a little bit, and then, you know, towards the end of the game, they figure it out. So now, in terms of Jacksonville, Jacksonville will be a little bit more ready than the Cowboys would be against Josh Dobbs. Because, you know, we look at, oh, you know, Gardner Minshew uh, doing what he did against the Cowboys, and then the next week against the Saints absolutely laid an egg. We have to put together that it's division games. It's a lot easier to game plan against a team that you've already seen already. It's just, that's, that's, people need to look into this more before, you know, running their mouths about, oh, you know, the the Cowboys got lit up by Josh Dobbs and the 49ers got lit up by Stidham. It's, it's a lot different. So now going into this game for Jacksonville, this is a division game. It's a huge game. And I believe the last time uh, the Jaguars played the uh, the Titans, I think the Jaguars lit them up as well if I'm being, let's see, uh, 36-22, yes. And it was only a couple weeks ago too. So it's uh, it's going to be a good one. And I, I'm pretty pumped for it. I want to see Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. I want to, you know, just the fact that how they started – and then what they are now, I mean, it's unbelievable. Again, another team that started off really rough and now has really put it together and could be a dangerous team, the Green Bay Packers. Um, listen, Aaron Rodgers. That's really all you have to say. Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's figuring it out. The Packers, they're figuring it out. They are going to be a very dangerous team. And going into this game against Detroit, Detroit is no slouch. Detroit is going to be a tough team, a tough out, especially, you know, going into this game. Um, Obviously, the Packers have the the advantage of being at home, uh, 30-degree weather. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one, but the uh, the Lions have, honestly, if, I, I would say a top three running back tandem. I would say the Browns probably have the best with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Uh, and then the Cowboys having Pollard and Zeke and now the the Detroit Lions with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. That uh, I mean, those two are, are unbelievable. The last time they played the Packers at home, 
They won 15 to 9. Obviously, this is a different Packers team now. Christian Watson starting to catch balls. I mean, that guy's got I think 10 touchdowns since you know the the trade deadline. Um but Again, another game that's going to be unbelievable, and I, I'm I'm pumped for it. Uh, you know, just these two games being the night games, Saturday and Sunday, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for um, a better week, basically. Now, the Buccaneers, another older quarterback that struggled this year. Um, or really, you can't even say that, that Tom Brady has struggled. Because Tom Brady, I think, is leading the league in passing. Um, he's got so far this year nine touchdowns, uh, nine interceptions. I mean, twenty-four touchdowns, forty-six hundred yards. He's second in the league. Um, you know, the QBR kind of sucks a little bit, fifty-one point nine. But again, like I said, you know, he's you know he's second in the league in passing. Uh, just the overall team has just not played up to snuff this year. And this team now, obviously they just clinched. They clinched the South. They clinched the number four seed. This team's scary. Um, and in terms of the Cowboys, because, I mean, if we're, let's be totally honest, it's probably going to happen. It's going to be the Cowboys heading to Tampa Bay to play Tom Brady. Tom Brady has never lost to the Dallas Cowboys. That's one. Two, the Cowboys have struggled against teams that get the ball out fast. Tom Brady has made a living off of that. That's why they struggled in week one. That's why they struggle against Tom Brady. He gets the ball off quick. That whole pass rush thing that the Cowboys have is non-existent against this team. So they need to figure something out. Mind you, they get past Tampa Bay. Most likely, they might be playing Green Bay. Another quarterback that they can't beat. So, the Cowboys path to the Super Bowl you're going through Tom Brady you're going through Aaron Rodgers that's that's fun not um, so let's talk about the uh, the scenarios going into week 18 the number one seed, which is the bye and the home field advantage, now it's the only bye in the playoffs. The Chiefs will clinch with any of the following. A win and a Bills loss. Or two Bills losses and a Bengals loss. That's, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with one of those games for the Bills. The Bills will clinch... If they have two wins, they beat the Bengals and a Chiefs loss, or 
a win against the Patriots. A win against the Patriots. Uh, oh, win. And then the Patriots, Chiefs, and Bengals lose in Week 18. The Bengals also have a chance at the number one seed. That's why this game was so huge. Um, the Bengals would clinch with two wins and a Chiefs loss. The AFC South title, the Jaguars would clinch with a win or a tie over the Titans. The Titans would clinch with a win against the Jaguars. Pretty self-explanatory. The AFC North title, the Bengals would clinch with a win or a tie versus the Bills or a win versus the Ravens. The number seven seed wild card, the Patriots would clinch with a win or a Dolphins loss versus the Jets and a Steelers loss versus the Browns and a Jaguars win against the Titans. So, the Patriots have a lot that they need to make the playoffs. Actually, no, that's... If they win, they're in for the Patriots. They win, they're in. Uh, If they lose, then they need a lot. The Dolphins would clinch with a win versus the Jets and a Patriots loss for the Bills, against the Bills. And they're not starting Tua, so that's another thing. The Steelers would clinch with a win and a Dolphins loss and a Patriots loss. The Jaguars would clinch with a loss versus the Titans and losses by the Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers. So, if the Jaguars lose Sunday night, or Saturday night, there still is a chance that they get in. Now, the NFC scenarios, the number one seed, the Eagles would clinch with a win versus the Giants, or a Cowboys uh, loss against the Commanders, or a 49ers loss against the Cardinals. So, the 49ers would clinch with any of the following. A win versus the Cardinals and an Eagles loss against the Giants. The Cowboys would clinch with a win against the Commanders, an Eagles loss, and a 49ers loss. The NFC East title, the Eagles would clinch with a win versus the Giants or a Cowboys loss. The Cowboys would clinch with a win over the Commanders and an Eagles loss. The number seven seed, the Packers would clinch with a win. The Lions would clinch with a win against the Packers and a Seahawks loss or a tie versus the Packers and a Seahawks loss or a tie versus the Packers and the Rams and Seahawks tie and the Commanders beat the Cowboys. The Seahawks would clinch with a win versus the Rams and a Packers loss or a tie versus the Rams and a Lions-Packers tie and a Commanders loss or tie versus the Cowboys. So there's still a lot, you know, that still, you know, has to be done uh, in Week 18. So that makes Week 18 really fun to watch. Now, my last power rankings going into 
the playoffs here. I'm not going to do one next week because that's just stupid. We have the playoffs. Um, so my power rankings. My number 10 team is the Detroit Lions. This team is still hitting on all cylinders. Their offense is, you know, playing really well. Jared Goff is playing really well. There is a huge chance that they beat the, the Packers, and I'm here for it. Uh, the number nine team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, hitting their stride. Trevor Lawrence looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. ETN is playing out of his mind right now as well. This team could possibly, there's a big, there's a huge chance that they beat the Tennessee Titans and they make it into the playoffs. The number 18, the Los Angeles Chargers finding their stride. Justin Herbert's playing well. The defense is starting to play well. This is a team that could be dangerous in the playoffs. The number 17, the Minnesota Vikings, no one's scared about. Um, I still have to put them up there because, you know, they are they are 12 and 3. 12 and 4, actually. Or 13 and 3. I gotta check. I think they're 12 and 4. Um, yeah, they're 12 and 4. And they're playing Chicago. So they're probably gonna be 13 and 4 uh to end the season. Number 16, the Dallas Cowboys. They're uh they're still one of the best teams in the league. So I, I'm absolutely gonna have them up there. Number five, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're on a two game losing streak. We still don't know if Jalen Hurts is gonna play week eighteen. Um we don't know if the Giants are gonna play their starters because they don't really have to. But we'll see. You know, the fact that the Eagles, with the whole season that they've had, could possibly lose the number one seed and possibly lose the division in three weeks. I can't have them up at number one. I can't. That that can't happen. They're at number five. San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy, I mean, what this team has done on defense is unbelievable. What Brock Purdy is doing with the offense is also unbelievable. This team's dangerous, uh, and they play Arizona. Cincinnati Bengals, number three. This team, I mean, I've I've said a bunch of these teams have found their stride. The Cincinnati Bengals has created the stride. They have found it, and they literally, I mean. This is a team that is dangerous and could play for another Super Bowl. They could. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, number two. I want to... Obviously, we hope that DeMar Hamlin is okay. I want to see what this does with the Bills. You know, this this can go two ways. This can um, really light a fire under them. And they want to do it for for Demar Hamlin, or this could really mess them up. You know, we don't know. And then number one is the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, I mean Patrick Mahomes. He's the MVP. If anybody says anything other than that, you're an idiot. Um, this team is is the Chiefs. I mean, that's there's no other way to put it. I don't know why. We were down on them this year. I really don't. 
And I still feel as though like people are not worried about the Chiefs. It's crazy to me. This team's the number one seed. They're going to win the number one seed. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Uh, before I get out of here, I want to get into uh, get some uh, NFL, uh, well, some sports card talk here. Uh, we got the upcoming releases. Uh, 2022 Panini XR Football just dropped today. Dropped at $400. Um, also, 2022 Mosaic Football Choice uh, is dropping on the 6th. That's at 450 Two uh, Mosaic has the actual Hobby Box Mosaic came out last week. Uh, it's been a, a huge release. Um, also, obviously, you know when we're talking about um, percentages, Absolute is still up there. Mosaic is getting up there now, um, but Mosaic Football Choice is a little different. So XR, let's get the sell sheet on this. So with the box break, you're getting two autographs, one rookie autograph jersey, one mem card, uh, one insert, four parallels, one of one autograph per case. So that's that's huge. Um, <clears throat> you're getting seven cards per pack, two packs per box, 14 boxes per case. Uh, your some of the selling points: a surefire hit. XR uh, is back. Screw that. Uh, find some of the most unique one-of-one patches. Um, find autographs that feature NFL shields, Nike patches, team logos, draft hats, shoes, gloves, footballs, and more. Um, we're looking for the case hit inserts, rated R, rated XR, exclusive, and exploits uh, a staple of XR. Look for the one-of-one autographs in every case. Um, so that's that. And then for... The Mosaic Choice. I'm surprised. I, I got to see what the difference is between Mosaic Choice and Mosaic. So, Mosaic Choice, you're getting one silver parallel, one Mosaic parallel, two choice exclusive rookies, three choice exclusive Mosaic parallels, and one choice exclusive autograph. You're getting one pack per box, eight cards per pack. Now, the difference between that and the regular Mosaic, because there's a big difference in price. Well, there's a $25 difference. In yeah, see, this one, uh, Blood doesn't have the price on the choice ones, but I saw um, on another website what they're selling it for, and they're selling it for $450. So, uh, Blowout's selling Mosaic, the hobby box, for 425. So that is two autographs, five silver parallels, 15 mosaic parallels and 20 inserts, 10 packs per box, 15 cards per pack. So I guess the one choice exclusive is is uh exclusive autograph is is big. So the those are the two um releases in the upcoming week. Um also we spoke about a couple of weeks ago the um the Luca Locum uh logo little Luca Logo Man RPA that sold for four point six and then 
ended up selling for 3.1. Um, we found out that, well, not we, but, you know, the, the community found out that the collector who sold the Luca Logoman RPA for 4.6 is the same person that bought it back for 3.1. He sold it for 4.6. On February 27, 2021, and bought it for 3.1 on November 17, 2022. That is a $1.4 million profit. That is how you hobby, folks. That is that is the exact that that's how you do it. Um also, you know, going into that, you know, talking about the whole Damar Hamlin thing. You know, a lot of people have been putting up cards, um, you know, DeMar Hamlin cards, and they're selling them for, like, astronomical prices. Um, but the rumor is uh, the hobbyists, like us in the hobby, are upping their bids to win and not pay to, to stick it to the people that are actually selling these cards, you know, thinking that they're going to um, benefit in what happened with DeMar Hamlin. So that's, you know, if that's the truth, uh, good on those people. Um, also, Alt purchased a 2009-2010 Gold Refractor Rookie Stephen Curry card in 2020 for $168,000. They cracked it and subbed it to PSA because it was B- BGS. Uh, PC, uh, PS, blah, PSA deemed that the car was trimmed. So then Alt sent it back to BGS, but BGS also said it was trimmed. So now Alt is now suing for 350000 claiming BGS was negligent for grading the trimmed card in 2006, uh, 2016. So that's, you know, uh, that's interesting. little gossip going on in the, the, the card world. We love to hear it. Um... But that will do it for running up the score. I hope everybody had a healthy and safe uh, holiday, Christmas. Uh, And then I also hope that everybody has a great New Year. Um, Again, thoughts and prayers for DeMar Hamlin, his family, hoping for a speedy recovery, hoping to to come through um, for him, his family, his teammates, the organization of the Bills. Um, that's what we want to see. We want we want to see Demar Hamlin number three out there again. Uh, but that will do it. I'm Jerry. Be breezy. Be breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on Sports Radio.